0: It's that time. Oh Everything and anything basketball, presented by The Outrage. With Cage and Thierry and host
1: Spencer Byers. This is Polar Opposites. Welcome everyone. Polar Opposites back again. Cage, we got our first sponsor technically, here with The Outrage yes, Inc. Sir. And um, getting a chance here, it's called the sign-up expert. And now, obviously in sports, since single-game single, single game betting has become a thing in Ontario, I believe that was legalized last January, since that moment, sports betting in Canada, but in Ontario specifically, has skyrocketed up for sponsorship deals, for um, sporting events. feels like everywhere you go, you see a sporting, you see a betting ad up. And sadly, we're no different. With Sign Up Expert, though, there's a little bit of a difference. They're not a, they're not a betting site. It's not like FanDuel or like BetMGM or BetRiver. It is not a betting site necessarily. It is a comparison site where basically, instead of just going on to a betting site and gambling on that single betting site, it has all of the betting sites on this one page where you get to look at what they're offering you to sign up. Because normally every betting site has their, you know, if you put in a $50, we'll match it. So you get $100, you get an extra 50 or up to a certain amount, or you get this much in free bets or what have you. They have a deal for you, basically. You get to scan through them and pick which ones you think give you the best bang for your buck. And with that, you get get a chance to compare lines and odds with every different sports book, which then... Cage, as you and I will know, as you and I got some free money from the company, Sign Up Experts. Thank you, by the way. We had a chance to gamble a little bit, spend a little bit of money, try to make some of our own. And Cage, and you made quite a quite a good amount of money on uh, on your free little, free little bit you were gifted from Sign Up Expert. So we're trying to give that to you. Try to get the best return on investment that you can get with our sign up link, which will be in the description. But if you want to just go with it, it's... It is the classic HTT, HTTPS, you know, all that stuff, signupexpert.com slash outrage, slash outrage, and you'll get a chance to go through it. Now, I will make sure I say this right off the hop cage, and I know you and I talked about this, Alan, Alain and I talked about this, again, Alan, and I do still talk, obviously, he, we are still good, we're still friends, he's just real busy, doing all that stuff at City News and all that stuff with the Leafs. Just real busy guy. Haven't really had a chance to sit down with them. I'm actually hoping to see him pretty soon. So, you know, Alan and I are good. Alan is still a part of the outrage at this point in time. Nothing have nothing has changed with that. But with again saying that, if you use our link, we get a little bit of a commission, which we would appreciate. But it's more for you. If you can't afford to lose it, please don't bet. It. I can't stress that enough. Um, my father had a gambling addiction. I understand. How addiction can can manifest and cause a lot of problems for not just yourself, but for your family and for everybody around you. So please gamble responsibly. Please be careful with your money, and please be responsible and be of age. Be above the age of eighteen here in Ontario, or if you're in a different state, different province, different country, please rec- re- please be okay. And um, I'm trying to think of the word. Cage. I'll say represent or or um use the protect the Proper avenues to gamble. Do not do it illegally. Please. I cannot stress that enough. I was hesitant with this sponsorship because it is gambling, but because it is not a gambling site, it is a gambling more hub where you get to compare and contrast and try to make the most money. I thought that it was a little bit better, which in my mind meant I could promote it. So, if you wouldn't mind helping us out by using our link with signupexpert.com slash outrage, we would really appreciate it. But that'll be the end of our shameless plug cage. I will now move on unless you want to say something before we go. No, I think you explained it best. So we will, we will once in a while have some reads and I believe we'll start next episode cage. You can give up one of your bets or one of your parlays you like to do for a single game. Cause again, cage has made quite a bit of money. I don't, I don't number exactly cage, but I will give away the first number when we first got all the money and they gifted us, I think it was $110 and it was for all these different betting sites that we, we were going to put this money the certain amount of money on it to leave between 10 and $20 each on four or five different betting sites. And it was just try to, you know, try to see if you can make something here with, with the, the, the gambling sites and the free money you get Cajun, I think bet $10 on a, on a parlay,
2: a six gamer.
1: A six gamer and he made a five hundred dollars. So he made four hundred and ninety dollars on his ten dollar bet. So that is why Cajun will have the forefront of promoting whatever single game player props that his that, that is his preference that he I would guess, like.
2: I guess let I guess let me get this out the way. Go ahead. I'ma just promote one player prop a day an episode. Because let's be real with parlays. There's always going to be that one that just screws you over. Always. Don't you love that? You got to love it. You got to love it. Um, But as Spencer mentioned, um, gambling is a serious thing. Um, So I'm going to limit it
1: to maybe one or two player props an episode. But we'll start that for the next one. But we will not do it here because, again, this is our first day having it. We just got our reads. We just got our links. Again, the link will be in the description of this episode. They will be now in the de- description of all episodes from this point on. I don't know if I'll add them to the previous because it won't make any sense. But I will decide that, in and, and I will talk about that at a, at a later date. But at this point, it'll be on from this episode forward. You'll have the link in the description if you want to use our link and give us a little bit of commission. We really would appreciate it. But again, please cancel responsibly. Please be of age and please do not bet what you cannot afford to lose as a guy who is in a lot of debt right now. Please do not put yourself in as much debt as I am in right now. It is very stressful and very mentally exhausting from personal experience. I'll put the hand up a personal experience. So please don't do it. Please do not do it. I beg of you, please do not do it. But anyway, we will now move on to why hopefully you're here, in the basketball, Cajun. So yes, a lot of the stuff's happened since we were last year. We will review the Christmas games. Now, Cage, you and I only disagreed on, I believe, it was the Miami game, which you got right because I picked against Jimmy Butler, Jimmy Bum, by the way. Um, and, uh, yeah, but, Miami the support, but I looked at it as Miami supporting cast is better than Philly's supporting cast. Well, I wouldn't argue with that. But the uh, Knicks did beat the Bucks. You and I picked Milwaukee to win that game, so we were both wrong. We both did pick the Celtics, and the Celtics did beat the Lakers on Christmas Day. We both picked the Nuggets. The Nuggets beat the Warriors. I believe we both picked the Nuggets anyway. I picked the Sixers. You picked the Heat. They heated it up winning. And then we both picked the, uh, Phoenix, and they got boat raced by a 50-point, 15-rebound game by Luka Doncic and the Dallas Mavericks. So technically, Cajun, I believe you went four and two. I went even 500 at three and three. There were six. I believe so, if I can count. No, only five. five. So uh, uh, so I'll uh, I'll rephrase. You were three and two when I was, I guess, two and three. Mm -hmm. So I was below 500 still. So I'm still waiting to get above 500, Cajun. I'm still trying to to get that day where I'm above 500, and it just has not not come my way. But uh, I'm not sure we're going to review the games, because they were quite a while ago. But I will just say that Doncic again had 50 points and 15 assists in the win over Phoenix. And Um, And yeah, eight triples in that. Um, Another young man on the Golden State Warriors who's impressed is Brendan uh, Podzimski. Podzimski had 13 points, 9 rebounds, 6 assists, and 5 steals in the 6-point loss the Warriors uh, had against the Nuggets on Christmas Day. But again, he started at at shooting guard. He looks like a great draft pick there for the Golden State Warriors. And as you mentioned, I think last episode, Trace Jackson Davis has continued to play pretty well off the bench for the Warriors. So... A lot of the younger guys, and younger, I mean, as in young NBA players, this is their first years for Podzimski and and Jackson Davis. Both, ironically, are over 20 because they played more than one year in college. Jackson Davis played all four years at Indiana. Podzimski played, I think, just three at Santa Clara, or maybe only played two at Santa Clara. Santa, Santa Clara, but regardless, they're older college players that are performing very well for the Golden State Warriors and are kind of pushing. Forward the team that's really struggled with young player development, like Moses Moody, like uh, Jonathan Kaminga, and, and etc. But um, moving also again, the Heat did beat the uh, Philadelphia 76ers. Bam Adebayo had six, six, 26 points and 15 rebounds in the victory for the uh, south side team from so uh, I'll say Sunrise. Um, From South Diego, South Beach. Sunrise, I think, technically is, right? I think it's the Sunrise State there in Florida. And then 38 points from Jalen Brunson led the Knicks to a 129-122 win over the Milwaukee Bucks. He led the way, of course, for his squad. Emmanuel quickly had 20 points off the bench. He has been a real big spark plug for them off the bench, has Emmanuel quickly. But now moving on to the real story, Cage, I would say. Last night, the Detroit Pistons lost number 29, or number 28, pardon me, tying the record for most consecutive losses, period. In combined seasons, in the single season, if they lose the 29th game, they will have the record for longest losing streak ever in NBA history, which is mind-boggling. Because, again, as you and I have talked about throughout this losing streak, this is not a historically bad team. It doesn't feel like no. a historically bad team. And I would say last night, Cage, on number 28, was probably the most demoralizing because the Detroit Pistons walk in to the Boston Garden. They take on the Boston Celtics away from, away from home. The Celtics are undefeated in Boston, 14-0. It might have been 15 and 0 before the game and I'm quickly going to check that. If I think it actually might have been 15 and 0, was it? No, it was not. It was still 14 and 0 for the Celtics at home. So you think, "Oh, okay. That automatically they're going to lose number 28." Cage, they were up 19 points at halftime.
0: They were up the by as many as 21.
1: The Pistons were up by almost 20 points at halftime going into the third quarter. And you're thinking, Oh my goodness, Cage. They're gonna do it. It's the trap game. The Celtics come in against the probably the worst team in basketball and at home undefeated, and this is the game they're gonna lose. This is the game they're gonna lose at home, the first home loss of the season.
0: <coughs> honestly,
1: the honestly, honestly,
2: Spence, honestly, Spence, I I want a bit of I want a bit of money off of that. I'm not gonna lie to you, because of spread, because I saw seventeen and a half points spread on like Jalen Brown was out, too, for that game. And I'm like, Pistons got too much pride. There's no way they're going to lose by that much.
1: I'm actually going to go back to Jalen Brown here in a second. But anyway, b- before you before you go off. So you, the 17-and-a-half point line that was mentioned on the broadcast I was watching, which was the Boston broadcast with Brian Scalabrini as the color. So again, 19 points up going into the, th- the third quarter. You think the Pistons are going to do it. They're going to break the they're going to break this streak. They're going to break two streaks at once, and it's going to be amazing. And then the third quarter happens, and they lose the third quarter 35-16, and all of a sudden they're tied going into the fourth quarter. So the 19 point lead has now officially evaporated going into the fourth quarter. All that momentum, if you believe in momentum, we know someone who doesn't ironically cage um you know all of the good vibes are gone for detroit and you're like oh no are they going to blow it and then you get to the end of the fourth quarter down by 6 106 100 the game's over they then hit two straight threes make it 106 106 they go back and forth again they go to overtime i believe it was 108 108 I think Javy got a three-point play and then
2: hit a three on the next possession.
1: I'll say regardless. They go 108-108 into overtime. The Celtics score 20 points in overtime to win 128-122. The Pistons lose game number 28 in a row. And you can't you can't write something like that and not feel like it's a lie or feel like it's a fib. You know, it's a trap game. You think you know, the Celtics are, are going to blow them out, and then they're down 19 and a half, and then they come back to win it in overtime. David was beating Goliath, and then Goliath got back up. Jason Tatum at 31 points, 7 rebounds, 10 assists, and 5 steals in the win. Poor Cade Cunningham at 31 Point six rebounds, nine assists in the loss for Detroit. Jaden Ivey did fall foul, foul out. He was a starter. He played really well. He did twenty two points in the loss. Did Jaden Ivey again? And I he think the game kind of really
2: turned around when Jaden Ivey fouled out because you then kind of knew when as Isaiah Livers was in the lineup. Like Jaden Ivey was was all over the ball. Well, was all over the place, keeping possessions alive because Detroit crushed. Boston on the glass, on the offensive glass. And when Ivy fouled out, I believe it was an n one from Drew Holiday. Um, to put that it was. Won,
0: you just kind of knew the game was over right then and there. Because Ivy had made some big plays down the stretch. Uh,
1: I- I'll be honest, Cage. I watched the end of the game. Because I, I saw – so I'll I'll explain. So I was in Oshawa yesterday. I have a, a friend to grab his son. We got to Oshawa. We came back. I got back. I was basically entering Oshawa at like 12 o'clock in the afternoon, and my boss calls me and says, hey, Spencer, can you come in for a shift? I say yes. Yeah. So I get basically back to my area Sound the Gray Bruce, Bruce Gray area. I go home, get my uniform, go to work. I finish work at 8.30 I'm on the way home, I get home, check my phone, I see the alert, Pistons up 19 at halftime, Cade Cunningham has 22 points in the first half. I go, oh my god, they're going to lose it. They're going to get blown up by the Pistons, their first home loss, and they're going to snap the streak. I'm gonna get meme next time we get on on camera. Next time Cajun and I speak, I'm gonna get oh, meme ready, for an hour. Oh, i, I was ready to throw you. Like Cajun, Cajun had Cajun had a list of jokes. Okay, he had like a he had a Google Doc that's like nine pages long of things he was gonna grill me about, make fun of me about Joe <laughs> Joe, Joe Joe Missoula, sorry Joe Mozzarella, whatever Yo, Cajun Mozzarella, baby. You know, Cajun Cajun, Cajun was gonna Cajun was gonna flame me, flambe me on this. Okay, that that was gonna what was gonna happen. I was gonna eat it. I was gonna sit here. I was gonna take it for an hour, an hour and a half I was going to take it. And then I update my score and it's 80 to 82 in favor of the Pistons and I went, "Oh my god, the Pistons are going to blow it." And I was able to watch the final 3 minutes of the fourth quarter and then I watched overtime. And I got to be honest. I'm still kind of in awe. I can't I can't believe the Celtics were able to pull it off. Cuz it, you're mad that they're down 19 and a half because how in the world were they down 19 after the first half for the worst team in basketball? That's just unacceptable, especially at home. But then you come back to 19 points and win. I can't I can't even be mad, Cage. I can't even be mad. Sunsets just
2: didn't take them seriously for the first half.
1: No, and, I, and not having Jalen Brown did hurt, but that's not an excuse. That, that's not an excuse. Me. That's those a are games
2: you get winning regardless exactly into- honestly as demoralizing as this loss is blowing a 19 point lead the fact that they didn't completely cave in because you would think tie game third quarter, gardens erupting you would think Boston would pull away and win by double digits but Detroit hung around there Forced overtime on what was an incredible putback from Boyan Bogdanovich off of a miss from, Cun- from Kate Cunningham from the three point line. You would think it would have been over up six, I think, after Perzingis hit that three
0: in the late in the fourth quarter. Jay Ivy comes in, gets a three point play, and then hits a corner three to tie things up. You say this is demoralizing? I Kind of, find it, kind of find it encouraging because
2: not only did they blow like it could have easily been a double digit loss the way they blew that 19 point lead all in one quarter
0: but they hung around they almost stole this game they almost stole this game in the fourth quarter and they had a chance to win it in overtime too but um
2: you can kind of argue their second best player, aside from Kate Cunningham, was Jaden Ivey. The minute he got fouled out, you kind of figured, like, without his energy all over the place, because that's when the Celtics got key offensive rebounds and got key rebounds down the stretch. With Ivey on the floor, Detroit was keeping possessions alive on the offensive glass. So the minute you saw Jaden Ivey get off the floor after. Fouling out was when the game kind of turned around in favor of Boston. Um, So in a way, it is encouraging because
0: they kept fighting till the very end. And a lesson for Monty Williams,
2: play Jane Jane and Ivy more. Because I think Killian Hayes was on the floor for like a good portion of like seven, eight minutes and turned the ball over like four or five times.
0: And looked bad on the court, might I add. Um, but this is kind of scary now because Detroit's
2: next game, you might have a chance to meme
0: me on our next episode, is against the Raptors. So the script's kind of flipped a little bit, Spence.
2: Now you... Okay. Go ahead. Now you might have a chance to
0: meme me if the streak ends on Saturday. Cage. And I'll let you have know the floor right now.
1: Cage, wouldn't it be poetic justice? They lose to the Celtics yesterday. The Raptors played the Celtics in Boston tonight, and then the Raptors finished the back-to-back after Boston's back-to-back tonight in Detroit. Wouldn't it be poetic justice that on a second half of a back-to-back after losing to the Boston Celtics tonight, let me recheck, No, it's in Detroit, on God. Yeah, it's a Little Caesars tomorrow. But regardless, Cage, regardless, wouldn't it be poetic justice that on a second half of a back-to-back after losing to Boston in Boston, they go to Detroit, to Little Caesars Arena, and they blow it? And the Raptors lose to the worst team in basketball. I mean, I'm here for it. I will not act like this would not be a massive plus to me. Okay? Massive plus to me. And before we get into the Raptors who played last night, you reminded me of something on Christmas Day that I did want to talk about. And it's the embellishment of players. Now, I'm not Steve Kerr. And I'm not going to whine and cry and moan. Embellish, oh, they whine. Oh, my guys attack other players and punch them in the head, but they embellish, they embellish. Anyway, I'm not gonna pull the Steve Kerr, but I do have one scenario that did upset me. So I watched on Christmas Day. My only my 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 last day off other than today, because I worked yesterday. And I was supposed to be off. Anyway, my first day off since Christmas Day. I was again was off Christmas Day. I think everything was closed on Christmas. I watched the Celtics play on Christmas Day against the Lakers. And I'm not sure if you had a chance to see it, but there was a oh, play. LeBron and Brown. There was a play where Jalen Brown and LeBron James went for, or Le, I think LeBron went to steal it off Jalen or, or vice versa. And LeBron yeah. need Jalen Brown in the back, in the back, in the lower back. Need him in the back. Not like, oh, he touched him. I mean, like he literally flying need him like he's in the UFC in the back, okay? Jalen Brown goes down grabbing his back. LeBron goes down grabbing his knee and needs help off the deck. What? What? You you need demand. What do you mean you need help? Would you you old? Would would you you crack your knee? Get up, you old fart. This is ridiculous. (laughs) This This is ridiculous. I'm not standing for it. I will not stand for it. It is ridiculous. LeBron hits him, and LeBron goes down. That was dumb, and I... Couldn't believe I saw it because I saw it on replay and watched LeBron James knee him in the back and then grab at his knee like he tore his ACL. I I couldn't believe I was watching, Cage. Couldn't believe it. And the best part is, you know why Jalen Brown missed the game yesterday against the Detroit Pistons and probably missed the game tonight against the Raptors? Because of a back contusion. Hmm, Cage, I I wonder where he got that from. It could have been because LeBron James tried to flying karate kick him in the back. It couldn't be because LeBron James decided he was gonna try to up knee him like he's. Uh, I'm trying to think like Anthony Pettis, like he's Showtime, ironically playing for the Showtime Lakers. But regardless, I, I, I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe what I was watching. You know, I, I, I'll, go, I'll go as far as to say, I'll go as far as to say I was disgusted by what I saw because I couldn't believe, I couldn't
0: it. believe it. It's the
2: Hollywood James.
1: You know, I I couldn't yeah. believe it. I couldn't believe he didn't get up. Like my, he, took, he took longer to get off the deck than Jalen Brown, who got kicked in the
0: back. Like, what, what
1: What? are we doing? Couldn't, could not believe it, Cage. I could not believe it. Or in the great voice of King Julian. I cannot believe this. I cannot believe this. I, Cage, I, I was miffed. I got to be honest with you. I was miffed. Couldn't believe it. Nah, when I saw it, I'm like, ain't no way you the one, are you the one acting after all that. Like, wh- wh- could you believe it? Like, you need the guy in the back, and then you go down. That's like, that's that's like Draymond Green putting Rudy Gobert in a chokehold, and then falling to the ground like he got elbowed in the head. Like, Draymond, get up, G- get up. We all know what you just did. Get up.
2: I guess it was poetic justice that the Celtics kicked their the Lakers is
1: behinds. Well, it's because the Lakers aren't that good. And Chris Porzingis is that guy and adding a lot of spice to the Boston Celtics lineup. And, of course, so is Drew Holiday, who, as you mentioned, got that big bucket late in the game against Detroit yesterday in the 128-122 overtime win to keep the undefeated streak alive at 15-0 at the Boston Garden. Your
2: book it here, folks. is ending tonight.
1: No, no, six and a half point favorites for the Celtics. That ain't high enough, Cage. That ain't high enough. After after the lackluster first half against Detroit, they're going to be up by double digits after the first half, and they're going to keep it. I don't care how many assists the Raptors got last night. Don't care, Cage. Don't It don't matter. It don't matter. The Celtics are going to blow out the Raptors tonight at the Garden on the second half of back-to-back, even if Jalen Brown is out with that back contusion again. Thank you, LeBron James, for your flying knee trying to do your best UFC impersonation, your best MMA impersonation, your best kickboxing impersonation. Impersonation. Thank you. So now we will talk about the Raptors, Cage. We will talk about those lowly, rotten, no-good Raptors who beat the Washington Wizards. Wow, what a surprise. 132-102, Scotty Barnes playing the point god position. Well, at least he was on the floor for it. Scores score's oh, got how, Gary how, Trent how, how. Jr. listed as the point guard, but regardless, he did play some point, pull the point forward spot he's played throughout his career. The mm-hmm. thing to point out, though, Cage, for the Raptors, in the win over the Washington Wizards in Washington, 43 assists for the Raptors. Yep. Scotty Barnes accounting for eight of those in his 20-point, 12-rebound, eight-assist uh, Spock's score after the 30-point win over the Washington Wizards? Mm. We can
2: safely say that in the midst of this trying season from the Raptors, Scotty Barnes has been the lone bright spot. We can comfortably say
1: that, right? I'd say comfortably with some change to spare. I will also mention here quick, though, that two guys were in double digits in assists. It was Pascal Siakam with 22 points and 11 assists. And Dennis Schroeder off the bench, or I guess Schroeder, I should say, had 10 assists as well coming off of the bench for, I want to say, the first time this season, or at least, yes, I believe it was the first time this season coming off the bench. He had double-digit assists. I will mention, though, that OG Ananobi led the way for the Raptors in points with 26 as his name continues to swirl in rumors of if the Raptors do trade guys. He is a person of interest for a lot of contenders in the Mm -hmm. NBA is OG Ananobi. But this is the selfless basketball Raptors expected to see under Darko Ryakovich, and it's come to pass. Like, this has been one of the things where you predict it, and it's worked out really well for the Raptors. They're playing a lot more unselfishly, and they're passing the ball a lot more. And in some games, it's working out really well. Again, 43 assists and a 30-point win over the Wizards. Yeah, it's the Wizards, and they suck, but you still got to beat them. Just like Boston found out with Detroit, you still got to beat them. They're still an NBA team. They still got NBA bodies.
0: Now here's the thing, Spence. <clears throat> it's the way they beat Washington. Cause they did win um
2: they did win um in Toronto, but they had to come back from down twenty in that game against Washington. There
0: was no aside from the first quarter in which Washington sort of started off well. They took off at the end of the first quarter and never looked back.
2: And 30 games into the season, we finally see this starting lineup of Barnes at the point. Trent Jr. Well, Trent Jr. was technically the point guard, but we like he kind of got going from behind the arc. Um, got a lot more space compared to playing off of the bench. Got Barnes the point guard. Trent Jr., Ananobi, Siakam, and Pirtle, and it brings about a a a, board, a mismatch at the point guard spot
0: because you're not really seeing a six foot nine point guard on most nights. You're just not. And I gotta say, Spence. They looked really good. They looked really good. And that five-man lineup that I
2: mentioned, we saw for the first time all season to start off. Where was this Where was this before? Because that's their best lineup. That's, def, that's definitively their best lineup to play with. And it showed. Like, I know it's against the Wizards, but it's the way they beat the Wizards. They... They blew him out convincingly and never looked back. There was no let up. And I'm kind of encouraged for like the Detroit game, because I honestly thought like, I honestly thought like before they made this lineup change, I'm like, Yo, if Detroit doesn't break the streak against Boston, they're definitely breaking it against Toronto. But now, after this lineup change and the way they played against Washington. Who knows? They just
1: might take care of business against the Pistons. I guess we'll have to see when they match up tomorrow with the Pistons and the Raptors. Again, the Raptors on the second half of a back-to-back after they play Boston tonight to end the month of December as we clinch ourselves closer to the new year. I I like Raptors' money line, by the way that when eventually they do play? Is that tonight? You like the money line of Raptors tonight against Boston in Boston? Yes, sir. Especially if Brown doesn't play. That's just because you're lost. You know they're getting blown out tonight, and you know it. Stop trying to waste people's money. Okay, we're trying to make people money, not waste their money. Okay, Pick pick in-game, Um, your, your in-game, what is it called? Your in-game player props. Okay, pick your good ones. Not the ones you know you're going to lose money on. Pick the good ones. Okay, but we'll, that'll be a caveat as well. Pick the good ones. Anyway, I mean, well, Detroit spread was the easiest one of the day. Well, the 17 and a half is a little excessive. It's a little excessive. I will be honest, a little excessive. I was like, I'm like come on, bro. Like, and let's not forget, Detroit played— ex- they may have lost twice against Brooklyn, but both those games were close down the stretch. Any games you thought they were going to win one of, which, of course, they didn't. But again, as you mentioned, they get close, in fairness, did the twenty eighth straight losers in Detroit. One other player I want to mention is a guy we've gushed about, Cage, and we get to gush one more time. Tyrese Halliburton, 21 points, 20 assists in a win for the Indiana Pacers over the Chicago Bulls, 120, 104. Now, Cage, I've got him on the fantasy team. I play a points right. league, not a categories league. He had a 75 point fantasy point night, and I got really confused. Because I I I sh- I have him and Anthony Edwards. They both had really good nights last night. Anthony Edwards had 38 points. So I check Halliburton's only got 21. I'm like, oh, that's weird. How's he have so many points? Uh, scroll over a little bit far, a little bit a uh, little bit before 18 assists. I'm like, oh, that's why. Oh oh, he's just got 18 oh, assists. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh oh yeah, casually. Oh yeah, for sure. And he ended with 20 as I mentioned, 20 assists in the win for Tyrese Halliburton, who again is oh, averaging man. 12 and a half <laughs> assists a game. Correct me if I'm wrong. He didn't have a turnover that game either, right? No, he didn't. He had 20 assists with zero turnovers. None. Zilch. Nada. Upkiss Turnovers. 20 assists. Oh my goodness. Imagine he was in a big market. And I hate saying that, Cage, but because he's in Indiana, he doesn't get the same shine as he would if he was in Boston or Detroit, or in LA or if he was in Toronto, even. But I'm hoping that this Indiana team, with as good as they are and as young as they are, Halliburton, Matherin, they start getting their shine. Because that team's really good. And they're going to shock some teams in the playoffs. I can almost guarantee you that. But anyway. Well, in fairness, Indiana's.
0: Struggled as of late after the in-season
1: tournament.
2: So hopefully this is the game that kind of like gets them back on track. But you have to say it's really this was a really encouraging game from the Celtics.
1: Um you, you mean from the Pacers, but it's okay. Oh, from the Pacers. Whoopsie Daisies. Um Well it was but, impressive by the Celtics too though. You are right.
2: Yeah, it wasn't impressive that they were down 21 in the first half, but well, It was the I, they I came
1: guess. back from down 21
2: Yeah, they shouldn't have been down 21 in the first place
1: Come on no. now w- Whatever, hater, it's okay when, they, when, the, when the Pistons beat the Raptors I'll get to pay you back, it's okay
2: I mean How would it be if the Raptors beat the Celtics, give them their first home loss and then go and lose to Detroit I don't know how
0: to
1: feel about that yeah, I'm not sure if that's that's a positive uh, trade-off, Kate. Okay? Not sure if that's positive or not.
2: Like, I'll be a li- I'll-, I'll be happy
1: because they give the because they gave that Celtics that L. But I, I, want- I, don't, I, don't, I don't think that outweighs 20 straight losses. 28
0: straight. I mean, yeah.
1: <sighs> but anyway, as Cajun again continues to record from a elevator shaft from a cave, from a coal mine, from inside the Sky Dome. Uh, we're going to move on to the Memphis Grizzlies, who are 4-0 and with John Morant. They lost last night, 142-105 to the Nuggets. And you say, well, wait, if you say they're undefeated with John Morant and they get blown up by almost 40 last night, does that mean John Morant didn't play? No, he didn't. He had illness. He's only played four games as John Morant this season after his suspension and now with his recent illness. But he is 4-0. He's played four games. The Grizzlies are 4-0 and with John Morant in the lineup. And again, last night, they got absolutely boat raced by the should-be two-time reigning MVP, or sorry, three-time in a row reigning MVP, Nikola Jokic, who had 26 points, 14 rebounds, 10 assists, his 11th triple bubble cage, and he was perfect from the line at 11-for-11 11 11 from the field goal. And one for one from the three-point line. And he was perfect from the free-throw line at three for three. So Nikola Jokic was perfect last night in the win for the Nuggets. But we're going to take it from the Memphis angle first. They look like a completely different team. And I guess I should say they are a completely different team when John Morant's in the lineup. It's night and day for what the Grizzlies are without Jaw to what they are with John Morant. <clears throat> they are a playoff team with Demetrius
2: Jamel Morant. That's just put let's just put it that way. They got a different sort of swagger, a different sort of confidence, because John Morant is applying rim pressure on the rim at the basket. And defenses have to account for that, which means Desmond Bain and Jaren Jackson Jr.'s games shine brighter and are on a bigger display. Playing off of Morant, they're no longer the cent- they're no longer the center of focus from defense uh, from a, for opposing defenses. Now they got to worry about John Morant, um, and it opens up the floor for his teammates and. I still think they're like even if they somehow sneak into the postseason, they're going to be a short. It's going to be a short playoff exit for Memphis. The Only reason why I say this is because of the loss of Steven Adams, because I think that's a bigger loss than people think. Um, not
1: much physicality on like the the inside and. Um... Well, Cage. I think the case in point is when you start Bismack Biombo at center, you're not going to win a whole lot of games. Just saying. Yeah. Pretty much. But I will also mention that the Nuggets in the big win had 43 assists as well, matching the Raptors total from the night before. But now on to the Nuggets. So in their 142-point night, again, Jokic leading the way with 26 points. Jamal Murray had 23 points. And this guy who started, I think, his first game of the season, yes, it was, Peyton Watson. 21 years young out of UCLA, he started his first game of his NBA career. He had 20 points in the win. Strother had 12. Caldwell Pope had 12. Christian Braun had 11, ending the guys with double digits. Lots of guys had numbers. The one guy who didn't end up playing was Aaron Gordon. Aaron Gordon was not in the lineup. Why was Aaron Gordon not in the lineup? Well, on Christmas Day, he got attacked by a dog, being bitten on the hand and face, and he needed 21 stitches total, and it was his shooting hand that was injured in the attack. Um, there is no timetable for Aaron Gordon's return. We hope he is all right. Um, Coach Malone characterized Gordon's injury as traumatic. And they, again, have not put a timetable on Aaron Gordon's return. But, you know, not only being attacked by a dog, being attacked by a dog enough to need 21 stitches. And now we don't know when he'll be back for the Nuggets. He is a big loss for the Nuggets. And I, I, I'm i going to leave that as the back burner to Aaron Gordon getting hurt. But, you know, it's a scary situation. Adding to um Cage, and I, I can't believe I'm blanking on his name, uh, Kelly Oubre, who got hit by a car. Earlier this year. Some scary situations have been going on in the NBA this year so far. And we're not even, you mentioned, 30 games in. We're not even halfway through the season yet. Some scary situations all around. So I guess I will ask Cage, um, what do you think Aaron Gordon's absence will do to the Nuggets? With obviously his timetable being undetermined.
2: Maybe you can call me crazy for this, but I think this makes the Nuggets better. Gets their bench going. I think they started Peyton Watson. Didn't look like they missed a beat, albeit against the Grizzlies without Morant. But it gets their depth back up to shape. You're going to see guys like Peyton Watson and Christian Braun get some big minutes. Um Try to get a rhythm going so that when Aaron Gordon does come back, obviously that starting lineup of Gordon, Michael Porter Jr., Kentavious caldwell Polk, Jamal Murray, and Nikola Jokic, um, they're 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 going to wreck teams. They're going to wreck teams right off the bat. But it's that bench? Can that can those bench minutes survive without Jokic? or without the starters. And I think this is a great test for this Denver Nuggets team to see what sort of pieces could work with Watson, with Braun, with Reggie Jackson, with Julian Strother, with Zeke Nagy. I can't, I think this tests their depth in a good way. And by the time Aaron Gordon comes back, they're gonna be more battle tested and ready come playoff time.
0: But you would you would hope that Aaron Gordon gets better, gets well, comes back from this stronger than ever. And that the Nuggets go back to being world beaters in no time.
1: Well, they're nine and one in their last ten. Six game heater for the reigning champs. Of the NBA championship, might I add, because of course the play in did just happen, so I guess I should be careful when I say reigning champs, just in case anyone wants to talk about that Mickey Mouse banner, besides like the other Mickey Mouse banner that the the uh Lakers got. Just that I threw in that jab to the Lakers fans. The whole, you know, couple million, hundred million of them. And now we're gonna talk about Nikola Jokic, as I mentioned, the best player in the world. Uh he came out with a rather interesting comment recently and uh on his pod, it,
2: was in a pod, it was in a podcast hosted uh it was in like a podcast hosted by michael porter jr
1: yeah a curious mike is the name of the podcast and it's with uh hosted by he says you mentioned his teammate michael porter jr who, who i am a fan of my day and i believe you're a fan of, well, of mpj's game he mm-hmm. ad- he admitted that he doesn't like the attention which i think we all kind of knew but here, here's the quote from Nick, from the greatest player on earth, from the greatest player on earth right now. When I finish my career, I really wish nobody knows me, and I really wish my kid or kids in the future who who knows really remember me as a dad, not as a basketball player. I'm gonna say that that's not that that's gonna be my goal in life, and to not be a phone. I think that's another big goal of mine, or not have a phone to and to not have a phone, just to live in the moment. Like you said, being a normal person, live in the moment, go drink with your buddies or go have lunch or go play with the kids or go for a drive go, or go drive. I'll say ride, but drive horses and nobody's going to make a big deal of that. And again, I think that just continues the narrative or continues the, the obvious character that is Nikola Jokic of this is just a job to him. I don't necessarily think he loves basketball in the way that we normally characterize athletes and loving the sport they play. He enjoys it. It's a job and it pays him a lot of money. So he's really good at it, but he doesn't love basketball. It is just a job and that has its positives and has it's, it's negatives. But I'm a fan of Nikola Jokic. I think Nikola Jokic is the best player on earth. And as much as it hurts me as a sports fan, that he doesn't love basketball in the way that other guys do and other guys did. I have to respect it in saying that, you know, at the end of all this, he doesn't want to be re- recognized. I'll be honest. If I saw him right now, I would definitely go up to him. If I saw him after he retired, I would think about it now. Cause I think about it like, Hey, you know, he doesn't want to be recognized. Then I will just, you know, I'll say I saw him and that will be my memory. I won't. I won't bug him if he's with his kids or riding his horses or doing whatever he may be doing. Back, I'll, I'll. I'll say in Serbia, but wherever he may be at that point in time. Yeah. And again, I think just it illustrates Cage before you start that they're people. That these athletes are people, and I know it's obvious and, and seems dumb to say, but sometimes people do forget that these guys and girls are people, and they have lives outside of the sport, and you should. Respect their time and their privacy within reason. Obviously, you know, don't not go up and say like ask them for an autograph or something like that. But being excessive is kind of the problem. And that's usually where athletes and, and people in the the scope of the media normally get in trouble. It's when you try to overextend and try to over ask and try to more make yourself the problem or make yourself the center of attention over the person you're trying to conversate with. But you know, I respect Nikola Jokic, and, you know, obviously I don't think what he wants is going to come true with either the phone or the um, – well, the phone probably more likely than not being noticeable in public, especially back home in Serbia. But, you know, I hope that he's able to live a relatively unturb life once he retires from the NBA.
0: I'm going to have to disagree with you, Spence, on one on one thing. I think he does love the game of basketball. I don't think he sees it as a job. I think he sees it as a passion. I just don't think he likes the attention that comes with it.
1: But that's the job, though. And that's what I mean. Like, that that's the job. That's like me saying, as a person who wants to be in sports media, that I love sport And I don't mind the media, but I don't like the attention it brings. But that's the job. That's the whole point of the job I do. Without the attention, Nikola Jokic would not be a basketball player right now. He'd be a plumber. He'd be whatever he wants. He'd be be a a jockey in Serbia. That's what he would be. Because the job of basketball would not be fruitful enough to be a career. With the people, Mm -hmm. with the attention, it is now a fruitful endeavor to be a career. That's a part of the job. So I don't think he loves basketball because I don't think he loves the everything that comes with it. And I'm not saying you have to relish in being a a mogul or a superstar like guys like AI did, for example, as an example, who love basketball as the sport. I'm not arguing that Nikola Jokic doesn't enjoy basketball, doesn't play, doesn't have passion for basketball. I don't think he loves it. I think he just sees it as a job, sees it as a, a thing he likes doing. But he'd rather be at home riding his horses or be at home with his family, which some people would. Me, I love sport first. If it's between doing anything and going to a sporting event or relatively watching sports or being involved in sports, nine times out of ten, I'm going to the, I'm going to the rink. I'm going to the field. I'm going to the pitch. I'm going to the diamond. That's who I am. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I'm not saying it's right. It's just, that's just who I am. That's who Nikola Jokic is. That's why I have to say openly I respect it. But I just, you know, I don't know how much he loves, you know, the NBA, for example, but loves the basketball as, as a scope because of, as you mentioned, everything that comes with the fame and the attention and the media and all of the stuff that, you know, at the end of the day is rather tedious and boring and does cause problems for athletes, as we've seen in the NHL with Leon Draisaitl being rather uh, short at times with the media, which I think they deserve because sometimes they are over the, the line, our media and i think they need to get called out for when they are over the line
0: yeah it's just and i think it goes back to like his like time playing in serbia i think the passion for basketball is there when he plays in, plays with serbia because not there's there's not the same media attention and i think he likes that more it's just with the, it's just in the NBA, I know it's part of the job.
2: But it's like, damn, like your life is under a microscope 24-7. I think that's the aspect he does not like. And sometimes that just gets to like loving basketball
0: because that just comes with it. So, in that sort of sense, it's unfortunate because I think he does. Had it
2: not been for the media attention and like the fact that you're like you have to like do mental and physical gymnastics just to like keep your
0: life private as an NBA player, I think it gets tiresome, it gets exhausting. And you see it in Jokic. Um
2: but you also see that side of him in which he is genuine. And like if you don't bother him. If you don't bother him. And you just want to have a combo with him. You see his personality come out. You see his personality come out. And he's himself. As in that podcast. From, um, with Michael Porter Jr.
0: So I think this is more so. A media problem and a respect thing. And a privacy thing. Because. Because. I think a prime example of this is Kevin Durant. You've there, there's a there, there's a stark
2: difference in with in which KD does post game interviews or talks to the media compared to when he's on podcasts. Compared to when he's on podcasts, like with all the smoke with Matt Barton and, and Stephen Jackson, and um, and even I think I watched this a couple like a year ago, how hungry are you with Sergi Pocket? There's a different sort of energy to him.
0: And there was a different sort of energy to Nikola Jokic on that Curious Mike process. So it's like, I think, I think this is an NBA media problem
2: and a sports media problem in which they were like way too intrusive for no apparent reason.
0: And don't, and look at athletes as robots and not as humans. And for athletes
2: just wanting to mind their business and live their lives and play the game that they
0: love, it gets exhausting. So I don't question his passion for the game, his love for the game. I don't think he looks as
2: as much as the media is a part of the job is dealing with media as a part of the
0: job I don't think he sees basketball play basketball as a job
2: at least in terms of the sport because there's a difference between when he plays in Serbia and there's a difference in which say you're doing podcasts with your teammates because then you're more genuine
0: you're more authentic I think this is more or less so an NBA media problem Well, we'll
1: see what it's like for Nikola Jokic when he does decide to retire, whenever that may be, because I also would not be surprised personally if Nikola Jokic retires early from the NBA, maybe goes back home to play in Serbia or in the EuroLeague. You know, because, again, that's another thing don't think people understand about the especially European players in all sports is this is not their home. Like North America is not where they're from, not where they're comfortable, not where they speak their own language. Even if they're English, like from England or from Australia, this is not their home. So I don't begrudge athletes who get to, you know, 34, 35, 36 and say, you know what, I can still play at this level. I don't want to. I want to go home and play at home for my local team or for the best team in my league at home. And be around my family, around, say, your parents, or, you know, say, if if your spouse and kids are back home. Because some of them are. Some of them don't come here. Some of them stay in Russia, in Serbia, in, you know, Germany, for example. They stay there. And you only see them during the summer when they visit. That's got to be hard. I wouldn't understand. I wouldn't know. Not for personal experience. But it can't be easy, you'd think. So... I wouldn't be surprised if Nikola Jokic gets to a little bit of an older age and says, you know what, I want to go home. I want to go back to Serbia. I want to go back to the EuroLeague. I've had enough of the NBA and all the things we've been talking about, all the things that come with that. I want to go home. I want to spend time with my horses, my family, and I'm going to stay there you know, for the foreseeable future. And I don't doubt it. But we'll have to see when the best player on earth decides to go home. If you will. And we're going to end the NBA talk with this. Because it's going to upset Cajun, I'll say. Is tonight would have been the first time Victor Wembenyama and Scoot Henderson face off. Well, they played yesterday. Oh, they did play yesterday? Well, that does make sense. Because uh, you're not going to believe this, Cage. So, the Spurs did snap a five-game losing streak against the Blazers. Wembenyama had 30 points, six rebounds, six assists. And seven blocks in the win did the first overall pick in the most recent draft. Scoot Henderson had 20, 25 points in the loss as the third overall pick in the draft. He had 25? He had 25. Oh. Huh. Malcolm Brogdon had 29. Jeremy Grant at 29, leading the way for the losers. Because the last time I saw it, like he 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 was like 4 of 18 at one point. So
2: I don't know if this was maybe like garbage time points.
1: It may have been. But I will mention they were playing again tonight. So that would have been the second time in the back-to-back in Portland that San Antonio played Portland. Victor Wemenyama is not going to play. He is listed as rest and will is unlikely to play tonight. Well, that's not a surprise. Trying to give those big, long knees a rest is Greg Popovich and the San Antonio Spurs, who famously had the resting for Kawhi Leonard before he decided to leave San Antonio. Mm. Yeah. But Nyama continues to impress for a rather lowly Spurs team, and I would say Scoot is definitely impressing for a lowly Portland team that will probably, again, be both back in the lottery in the upcoming year. Scoot Anderson's percentages, field goal and field three-point percentages, aren't particularly good, but sometimes they aren't. Sometimes it does take time for guys to find their shot in the NBA, so we'll see if Scoot can improve those as the season goes on and even as his career goes on. With you would suspect the Portland Trailblazers when Minyama being seven foot four and who's gonna block him? He's shooting rather well from the field. From the field, three point line is he's hit and miss, twenty eight percent from the from beyond the arc. But mm-hmm. you know when you're seven foot four, it's not really not really where you're supposed to be anyway, in my opinion. But obviously with the way the game the game in the NBA is changing, you will be out there a little bit more than yesteryear. Yeah. But still, they I will still say his field, field. goal
2: percentages have improved ever since like, they showcased him as the lone big on the floor because I think to start off the season, it was,
0: I want to say it was Zach Collins and Victor Wimber and Yama that were starting together. But that sort of changed like over the course of the, the season.
1: That was when they were playing Sohan at the uh, point guard spot. He's now moved back to the power forward spot, and now they're starting uh, Malachi Branham at uh at the point. The twenty year old out of Ohio State. So Pop just kind of rotating the starting lineup of who he wants to play and who he wants to start, and you know how he wants the lineup to look. Mm. Which makes sense for a team that's not very good. Yeah, but they're tinkering and trying to put guys in
2: trying to find guys in their most optimal environment and I think like Kelton Johnson's come off the bench too so he came
1: off the bench last night
0: yeah and for the foreseeable future now too so they're trying different things it's not leading to success but it will make a team better down a lot. And man, fantasy what
2: fantasy wise, like is making me look brilliant for reaching on him. Kinda of making that uh this is going to piss you off so much, but it's gonna bring me so much
1: joy. Kinda of making my uh number four No he's not, no he's not No, he's not no he's not, no he's not, no he's not. He's He's close to that ranking. No, he's not. He's not even played power forward. He plays center. You're wrong, Cage. You're wrong. He's still not a top five at any position in the NBA right now. My God, he's played 30 games in the NBA. You don't get that. You would kind of say he's
2: sixth or seventh.
1: Cage, at the end of the year, we'll review him. And at the end of the year, we'll have the conversation. But no, absolutely not. (laughs) You're not getting that. You're not going to be like, you know, feather in my cap, I predicted he was going to be a great player. No, duh. He's the most hyped high school prospect, foreign prospect ever. He's the the, the most hyped prospect since LeBron James. Like, what do you want about? You didn't see nothing. You overranked him. That's what you did. You're not glad. You overranked him. Kind of looks like an
2: un- might look like an underranking right now at this
1: point. What? Whatever you say. You do nothing. <laughs> but anyway, we're going to end with the AP polls on the men's side at least because FAU, Florida Atlantic University, seventh in the most recent AP poll from 14. It's their highest ranking ever for the Owls after their big win against the number four-ranked Arizona Wildcats. So, big jump there for Florida Atlantic. Baylor dropped with a loss to 17 from 10. And then Providence was the only team to jump into the AP poll at 25 as the only newcomers to the males side of the rankings. As I can't even find the most recent women's. Oh, no, there. There it is, found the women's AP poll as the top 10 stays exactly the same from previous and doesn't look like really any big risers or fallers from what I'm quickly going through. So, you know, the women's poll staying a little bit stagnant after a rather rather rarely topsy-turny start with all the big ranked-on-ranked games with UConn involved in a lot of them and just across the board a lot of big ranked games on the women's side. Um, making the AP polls shake a lot early in the season.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And I will say the next ranked-on-ranked ranked game is, uh, for the men at least, is Crichton versus Marquette, 22 versus 10, and that is tomorrow, which is Saturday. So Saturday will be the next big ranked-on-ranked ranked game for the men's side of the AP polls. And then for the women's side, it's a big 10 matchup. Or, pardon me, a Big 12 matchup between the Baylor Bears, undefeated 11-0 on the women's side, versus the number five Texas Longhorns, 13-0 on the women's side. As well as a start of the Pac-12 schedule, Utah, number 12, take on Colorado, number eight. Big games. And, ooh, the biggest one at 8 o'clock on Saturday, December 30th. Undefeated USC, the Trojans, start their Pac-12 schedule against the undefeated number two UCLA Bruins. So big, big matchup there at 8 o'clock tomorrow. So big games going on on the women's side. One big game going on the men's side. So, again, if you have some free time on Saturday, I'm going to say it. You should watch some women's basketball. A lot of really good games going on. Yes, sir. I think we got everything. Do you have anything else you want to talk about before we go? Anything else you want to mention?
0: I think we're good. I think we're good. Also,
1: awesome. 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 this might be our last one of the year. It may be. I think it actually will be, because I believe the new year, let me check, is Monday. So we'll, if we record on New Year's Day, which we may, I do work it, so we'll, we'll figure that so, out wow. as we go. Figure that out as we go, but the next episode should be around the new year. So, I guess we'll do it now. Happy New Year. See you in 2024. See you 2023. Good riddance, 2023. <laughs> 2024, <laughs> I hopefully. I was waiting for you to say that. Hopefully 2024 brings is a little more fruitful. For me, oh. at least. No, oh, for, 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 um, for the both of us. But anyway, for Cajun Thiru Thinny castle, I'm Spencer Thank you so much for tuning in, check out the links below for Cajun's friend Andre, as well as our sponsor, sign-up expert. But that'll be it for us, so Spencer Byers. Thank you so much for tuning in to Polar Opposites here on the Outrage Inc.